This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the latest Agenda show from the Blood Red Channel with myself, Matt Addison, alongside our Liverpool FC correspondent, Paul Ghost. Liverpool have already signed Kostas Simikas over this summer. The speculation continues over who, if anyone, might be next through the door. Over the course of the next few minutes, we're going to dive into Liverpool's transfer strategy, taking a look at what Liverpool do, why they do it, and what might be coming next. Plenty of familiar names to come, Thiago Alcantara, Gini Wijnaldum, and maybe even Lionel Messi. But Paul, we'll begin with a name who many might not have heard of just a couple of weeks ago, and that is Billy Cometio. A centre-back, of course, I know you've been writing about him today. I mean, first of all, how impressed have you been with what is, albeit, a very small sample size in pre-season? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to, to judge too much, isn't it? He's had 22 minutes in one game and 27 in another. and um, He's someone who doesn't look 17, does he? He's a, he's a big, strong lad. He's powerful and and um, he seems very composed on the ball for, for someone who's so young. Um Seen him in a, in a couple of, of youth games, a couple of under eighteen games, and and he, he does look an imposing figure, and, and he's got plenty of years left to grow and kind of develop physically and um, on the on the ball, as you say, looks quite cool and composed. Um, I was speaking to someone who was uh, with the club at the Austria training camp only yesterday, and and um, they weren't exactly raving about Budicometio, but there was a almost a, a measured kind of under understated message that this lad is going to be good um the club are wary of putting too much pressure on him at, at this stage which is understandable the age of 17 Liverpool were doing double sessions for most of that that week in Austria but Cometio wasn't because they're obviously concerned that um Liverpool's fitness levels as the Premier League champions is obviously famous isn't so they were kind of a little bit wary of throwing a 17 year old who's not used to, to that pace in twice a day so um he, I think he was doing individual sessions um, in place of those double ones where, where the rest of his teammates would be kind of getting really put through their paces with Andreas Kornmeyer and so on. But there does seem to be a little bit of an ex- excitement around them developing. Um, he was kind of only thrown into the mix because of a lack of centre-backs. Obviously, Dejan Lovren has left and Joel Matip is injured and I'm sure we're going to come on to, to centre-backs in a little bit more detail shortly. But um, he's kind of um, taken his chance, um, taken advantage of, of the opportunity that's been given to him and he was on the bench for last year's Carabao Cup tie against Arsenal. And you might be thinking that maybe this has been a little bit of a breakthrough for him where he can possibly expect to be named as part of those squads a little bit more next season. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, only 17, not 18 until November. And as much as Liverpool fans and, and possibly the club as well have, have been impressed and he's been sort of with the first team, that is still very young, especially for a centre-back as well, because... You know, even someone like Joe Gomez, we still talk about as a young centre-back, but you know he's been there and, and done it for two or three seasons now. Yeah, exactly. I think with, with centre-backs, they kind of matured a little bit uh, later than, than attacking talents they'll be. And as you say, with Gomez, he came to Liverpool when he was 18. And it was probably only when he was at 21, 22 that he was getting runs in the team in his favourite position. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely a talent, Billy Cometio, but it might be a couple of years before we start seeing him approaching somewhere where you'd expect them to start, you know, making a real impact on the team on a weekly basis. And Liverpool, of course, have, have lost Dejan Lovren this summer. They've sold him to Zenit St. Petersburg. Cometio is there, Sepp Vandenberg and, and Keanu Hoover are both obviously very, very highly rated as well. But I mean, 
what's the the latest in terms of of that situation as you understand it because i suppose a lot of fans would maybe want somebody to be brought in yeah i mean i i can't see a, a scenario where Cometio hoover or vandenberg are looked at as a fourth choice centre-back next season liverpool have just lost Bayern lovren someone who played the world cup final you know the most recent world cup final played in the champions league final um 2018 started and obviously played in, in the 2019 one off, off the bench as well, I think. So um, Liverpool can't really afford to lose someone of his experience. I think it was seven years in the Premier League, over 200 appearances for Liverpool and Southampton with someone who's never played or very, played very few games um, at a senior level, particularly in the Premier League. So if you're asking me, do Liverpool need a, a four-choice centre-back, um, someone to come in, then most definitely, um, no question there. Almost Ragnar Klavanesk, if you like, someone who's dependable, experienced, and he's not going to break the bank. I think that might be the type of profile that Liverpool are going to look at to come in and, and kind of um, pad out the squad for, for the coming season. I don't see any of those three that we just mentioned um, kind of moving up to the senior setup on a long-term basis next season. And uh, we'll see what can be done in, in the market between now and October the 5th, is it? Yeah, all three of those players, I think, very much long-term projects for Liverpool rather than short-term solutions. I know somebody that we've spoken about in the past is Ben White, and you've reported that Liverpool have taken a, a little look at him as well as a, a lot of other Premier League clubs. I mean, his agent in the last couple of days says that Brighton won't let him go to Leeds United. They don't want to, to sell him to somebody that they see as a rival, but he's not necessarily ruled out a move somewhere else. I suppose the one thing you would say in terms of Ben White being a Liverpool target is that he is going to cost a lot of money. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think hit the nail on the head there. He's someone who I think Brighton turned down thirty million for Leeds, was it? First, it was I think it was eighteen and twenty-two, and then they've turned down a third one of thirty. So they obviously see him as a as a top talent, and it begs the question: Would he not? Is he not going to be a starter for Brighton next season, or are they still looking to? So obviously cash in on them to shut the team who they don't consider to be a rival. Liverpool obviously would fit that profile, but I don't see Liverpool spending upwards of thirty million on someone who's gonna come into the squad initially as fourth choice. Um obviously he's young and he's got plenty of time to develop and, and improve, but um how many games did Lovren play last season? How many games would his replacement play next season? He's someone who I don't really see Liverpool bring into the club for that kind of money this summer. Yeah, no Premier League experience, of course, as well, which could be a, a little bit of an issue. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. We'll move on then from centre-backs and, and move into midfield. I know it's a topic that we sort of have to talk about almost with links to Thiago Alcantara continuing uncertainty a little bit over you know, someone like Gini Wijnaldum's contract. I mean... First of all, just what is the latest? Is there any more developments that we have on those two players? And, and if so, what are they? No, is the answer in short. I mean, there's no active contract talks with Genie Van Alden uh, at the moment, which is a little bit of a concern when you think of how important he is to Liverpool's squad, Liverpool's team under Jürgen Klopp. I think he played 37 times in the Premier League last season. I think it was Bournemouth, the only game away that he missed. So he's obviously one of the first names on the team sheets and with no active talks, that would suggest that he's not going to be offered the new deal and, and he could feasibly leave as a free agent uh, next season in the same way Emre Chan did. Um, so hopefully that can be resolved, but at the moment you have to kind of accept that if there are no talks, then that is the case. Um, 
Bayern Munich, I suppose, are, are in a similar situation with Thiago, aren't they? Although they have reportedly offered him a new deal that he has turned down, but it looks like he's going to be walking away from from the um, from from Munich, from the European champions. Liverpool, of course, have been regularly linked, but um, no change as far as that situation goes, as I understand it. And um, is it a waiting game? Are, are the two situations linked? Quite possibly. Um, Liverpool probably unlikely to go and spend thirty million on a player who could be available on a free in less than a year's time. So, particularly somebody who's going to be thirty at that point and you know has had his injury problems. So, um, maybe Liverpool are looking to play play the the, um, the waiting game and, and kind of wait wait it out with with both players' situations. Um, but as I understand that it's still no change as far as Thiago is concerned. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Wijnaldum specifically then, I suppose the fact that there is no contract talks will be a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people because he's been such an important player for Jurgen Klopp at the moment. I mean, what's your opinion on that sort of situation? Because, as I say, he's he's played such a huge role for Klopp. You'd imagine that he's a player that he would quite like to keep around. Definitely. I've, I've got no doubt that Jurgen Klopp would want to keep Genie Wijnaldum. He's such a versatile midfielder, isn't he? And as, as we've mentioned Somebody who plays virtually every week, I think. It might come down to what his representatives are asking for in a new contract, and they've seen virtually every other player sign a new contract um, at, at Liverpool since Mohamed Salah first put pen to paper in June 2018. I think pretty much Wijnaldum is the only one who, who hasn't had a new contract. And I know that agents do talk and do ask people involved and people around the deals trying to get a little bit of a feel as to how much certain players are in and then maybe it's a situation where they feel that Wijnaldum should be rewarded a lot more handsomely than what Liverpool are prepared to offer or, or have tabled. So maybe that is a, is, a, is a situation. It's probably the only one that I can think as to why there hasn't been an agreement because he's so important to Liverpool. Yeah, all quiet on the, the Liverpool front, but certainly not anywhere else. You look at Manchester City, you look at Chelsea in particular, spending a huge amount of money. There is sort of some suggestion that Liverpool could almost be left behind, but I think that probably forgets two crucial things, one being that Liverpool won the league by so many points last season. And of course, it's only really Chelsea that are spending. Manchester United have been relatively quiet as well. I suppose the, the question on a few Liverpool fans' lips is, should Liverpool be concerned about either Chelsea or Manchester City going into next season? Manchester City, I'd, I'd say yes. I mean, they're the closest rivals, aren't they? But... I hear the phrase standing still quite a lot and people are worried that Liverpool are going to be standing still and let's face it, if Liverpool stand still, they've done well because they're going to be approaching 100 points again. So for me, I think that's just one of those phrases you, that people hear repeated and, and kind of say it themselves because standing still, as I say, means Liverpool are going to be, what, 99 points, 97 points? That That is more than enough to, to win the Premier League title, isn't it? Manchester City are going to have to have another extraordinary season to, to get near that if that is Liverpool you know, staying where they are. So I think with with City, they're not exactly making signings that are going to make Liverpool sit up and um, really concern themselves with. Ferran Torres is, is, is a good player with plenty of room to develop. Nathan Aki, he's been around the Premier League for, for a good few years now. He's a decent centre-back, but is he um, someone who Liverpool should be worried about? No. Um, Chelsea is a little bit different. I think if they get their defensive act together, then they could push on significantly next season but um, they're putting a lot of stock in a, in a 35 year old Thiago Silva 35-36 um, someone who 
okay, he has just played the Champions League final, but going to be coming into the Premier League in his mid-30s. Um, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period for him. Of course, they're signing good players in terms of going forward with Timo Werner and Hakim Ziyech, but they're so far behind Liverpool last season that I don't think Liverpool have to be hugely concerned with Chelsea, but City, of course, they will be looking over the shoulder a little bit as to, to who they might sign, and if they do get a certain Lionel Messi, then um, they will be a lot more worried. Um, I, I can guarantee that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if the finances do add up for City to get someone like Messi over the line. Personally, I'm not convinced yet that he will actually leave Barcelona, but we will see what happens. I mean, let's hypothetically suggest that City do end up with Messi. Do you think Liverpool would then have to react to that deal? Would it be so monumental that they would almost be forced into the market? I think even for someone like Messi, I don't think that would knock Liverpool out of their stride in terms of their plans and their succession planning and, and all that type of stuff. It would be a, a blockbuster. Let's face it, it would be the biggest biggest, biggest transfer in football history, wouldn't it? Um, Lionel Messi, OK, he's 33, but they're arguably the greatest players who've ever played the game, moving to the Premier League, moving to Liverpool's closest rivals. It would be seismic and it would be huge, but I just think Liverpool is so kind of hyper-focused on what they do that it wouldn't really knock Liverpool out of their stride and it wouldn't make them break their um, plans in terms of bringing in other players because I don't think they're in a position to do that even if they could and even if they wanted to. So, um, look, as much as we don't like to see Lionel Messi in the Premier League next season, let's hope he doesn't go to Manchester City because um, Liverpool's chances of retaining that title would uh, reduce significantly. Yeah, Manchester United as well, as a final question. I said they hadn't been particularly busy before. They have far more money normally to splash about than Liverpool. And I suppose that's almost a reality check for, for Liverpool fans that if they're not splashing the money, that kind of explains why Liverpool have taken the approach that, that they have as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think loads of people kind of lump in United when they're talking about teams spending money as to why Liverpool aren't. But and actually, actually aren't, are they? They're obviously embroiled in very public negotiations with Jaden Sancho, but at the moment he's still a Dortmund player, and the reason he probably isn't a United one at this point is the fact that United aren't willing to meet Dortmund's asking price because they, quite frankly, don't have that kind of money to throw about. So United are in a very similar boat to Liverpool in terms of watching what they can and can't spend because of the earnings or, or the lack of earnings over the last few months, and... The other two are different, aren't they, because of who their owners are and their financial models. Chelsea have obviously had the transfer ban, so they've been storing their transfer funds, if you like, and they've given their manager funds to spend. Um, who, let's face it, Frank Lampard was probably promised that 12 months ago, wasn't he? That next season, when the transfer ban's over with, you can go and spend X amount of money. Um, City will always spend because of their ownership model, and United crucially aren't. So, um, look, this isn't just Liverpool who are affected by... The, the constraints in the market, United evidently are as well, and, and I'm sure that will be the case. Exactly that. We will see, of course, how it all plays out. Premier League clubs have until October the 5th to get deals done. They can send players out on loan to the lower divisions for another couple of weeks after that too. We'll have all the latest across the Liverpool Echo, and we will be back with the Blood Red podcast on Friday afternoon as we look ahead to the first match of the new season against Arsenal at Wembley. Make sure to like, comment and subscribe or leave us a review if you're listening to the show as a podcast. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison and from our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst, goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.